The following is a Kingfisher Media Production. Okay, I never know exactly how to set these things up while we're recording, so I usually just blabber for a couple seconds and then promise the guest I'm going to re- overdub a, a proper intro later. So, <laughs> joining us today is Andy Grant, host of the Real, Real Men Feel podcast, as well as a number of other wonderful projects. Um I don't like to present myself as an authority on the guest. I think the guest is the greatest authority on themselves possible. So I'm going to turn things over to Andy to introduce himself properly. And then uh, let's find out what makes this guy tick. Great. So yeah, my name is Andy Grant. I'm an author, speaker, transformation coach, healer, and host of the Real Men Feel podcast. Uh, I'm a suicide prevention activist. I, I've a, a coach years ago dubbed me the king of authenticity, which I just, you know, the last couple of years I started, yeah, I'm, that sounds good. But recently that's been a heavy crown to wear. <laughs> so uh, I'm just here to, you know, I really hope to inspire men to realize that authenticity and vulnerability are actually good things. It doesn't make you less of a man being that way. So that's, that's what, that's where I am today. So one thing Andy didn't, uh, list in his uh, collection of accolades was that he's a personal inspiration to me. And I think I speak on behalf of a lot of guys who grow up in a emotionally stunted environment. When I say sincerely, like right up front, thank you so much for showing that it's okay for us to have emotions, that it doesn't detract from our masculinity, telling us it's okay to cry. It's okay to experience the full realm of emotions it's just okay to be us i don't know if you really grasp how big of a thing is that you're doing for your fellow man andy normally this is the sort of thing i like to leave for the end of the conversation but i need you to know right now that you are one of my personal heroes and i am so thrilled to have you with us today uh yeah you're hitting me in my heart man um, thank you so much. That that does mean a lot. I I don't say that casually, and you know, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it. But I was I was dark and disappeared and stopped doing everything I normally do for about eight months. When I finally started coming up, yeah, my, I'm trembling now, and I tremble with emotion, and I still talk, and I still show up, and it's to help people realize that the world doesn't end. You know, there, there are countless videos of me online crying and I'm still here and it's okay. And, you know, the people that want to make fun of it, they don't even reach out to me and the people it connects with reach out to me and it's amazing. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you, AC. It really does mean a lot to me. So you've talked, I've talked, Jason, what say you? Well, I say presently, I just getting to know you, just read up on you. And so far, what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal. AC and I have been working on ourselves to be more real, more free with each other. And it's been a very small box that we've been in because there's not a lot of guys that are on the same path we are. And it is an honor and a privilege privilege to have this opportunity to talk with you as somebody who is such a big advocate for real men voices. Thank you awesome. so much. Appreciate that. And I thank you. And, you know, 
it, it's what's amazing about life is that what you're praising and seeing in me is things that I used to think made me weak and pathetic and miserable and were just reasons to off myself. So that, that, you know, I, I can talk about the strength of being ourselves and the man has the full range of emotions, but when I really live through the painful part of the range of emotions and still come out and share it and, and get feedback like that, it, it, it just really makes me appreciate everything so much more. So again, thank you guys both tremendously. So I, I, I know you and I talked on another podcast probably about a year or so ago and you had gone into a little bit of like how you got into doing the things that you do, but do you mind sharing with our audience, like sort of how did you go from being Andy Grant, the normal guy to Andy Grant, the, all of these other things? Yeah. I don't know when I was ever the normal guy, but uh, <laughs> so, I mean, to, to go way back, I have a long history of depression, suicidal thoughts, and suicide attempts. I'm a survivor of multiple suicide attempts. I can consciously remember being suicidal as young as eight years old. And the memories aren't like, this is a shocking first time I've thought this. So I know I felt it even before that. Um, I did not think the world was a safe place. I almost felt like lied to about what, what being a kid was. Like, I don't have children because I swore at like age 10, I would not put another being into this horrible life. Uh, my there's alcoholism, mental illness, death by suicide in in my family, in my lineage for multiple generations. I often felt like Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump, mm -hmm. that it's my birthright. It's uh, my destiny to do to die by my own hand. So I did not seek help. I was uh, it was weird. I was going to say I was a trouble kid. I was I was really good in school. So I was a good boy. But. Uh, the secret was I was in pain. I was afraid. I felt miserable. Uh, my dad often told me that high school were the best years of your life. So in elementary school, I thought, well, well then why would anyone live past high school? So I'll just, I'll live till I'm 18 and then I'll kill myself. That seems like a fine plan. Um, I didn't even like it that long. My first attempts are at age 12 or 13. Uh, in 16, I put myself into a coma in the ER. Um, I did not have the experience of waking up and seeing the light, so to speak. I woke up in an ER and was like pissed that I was still alive. Um, <laughs> eventually, after multiple quote unquote failed attempts to end my life, I, uh, I had my first you know, dark night of the soul when I was really begging and pleading to God, which is something I did not, I was not raised in a religion. I had no comprehension what that meant, but I just realized I'm not good at living. I'm not good at dying. There's got to be some other way. And that's what had me start the journey of personal growth, of realizing I'm more than just this meat suit, which is a good thing, because I was told that, you know, the chemicals in my brain were bad. Um, I was told I had manic depression. I was told borderline personality disorder. Every time I went to a doctor, every time I sought help, I got a different diagnosis and label on me. So finally... Um, I'm struggling through high school. I struggled through college. I've had great years and then I plummet and I would think the plummet was who I really was. And the great times was the lie. Mm. Eventually I discovered energy work and spirituality and just things beyond the medical world. And I had so many mystical experiences, uh, experiencing energy and connection with people and just being beyond, you know, my, uh, my meat suit again. Uh, that there was so much more to life. And I had just begun to have a glimpse of it. 
And I really discovered that the more I shared with someone, the, just the more positive energy came back, the more love came back to me. Um, I remember being terrified of uh, my first public video. I, I, it was over a dozen years ago. One of the first videos I did was you know, owning all my suicide attempts. And the second video was owning that I had been molested as a child. And I was terrified to do those things. I, I, I just said, oh, you know, when I was growing up, the worst thing you called was, you know, oh, you're, you're, you're a fag, you're, you're whatever, you're not a man. I was like, I feared all these comments. All the comments were positive. So now when I get like the troll hater, it just makes me crack up. And I really laugh at it. And like, wow, that's the kind of comment that used to keep me small and, and hiding in the shadows. Um, but yeah, I, I, I find it's not true for every person. I don't, I don't advise that every man should just make videos of him crying and spilling his guts out. <laughs> you know, your experience may differ in the feedback you get. But for me, I just find over and over again, I can't overshare. Like I only hear from the people that it resonates with. And I have yet to experience anything in my life and share it that didn't resonate with at least one other person who really needed to hear that they weren't the only person dealing with whatever that was. Thank you for listening to In The Blood. Please remember to like, follow, and share. It's an amazing thing when when you open up. Just it, You can almost see the relief in others sometimes like, you you mean it's okay? I can do this too. Yeah, it's like it's never occurred to them. It just it's it's fantastic stuff that you know, not just that you're doing, but that you're experiencing for yourself. Like to have these words of hate, um, turn into reminders of what you've overcome. People try to tear you down; they inadvertently build you up. Like that's just a beautiful place to end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on a show early last year and they asked, you know, Andy, why do you try so hard to turn men into women? <laughs> and I was really like, there's a video like I'm like, whoa, I'm a deer in headlights. I'm like, like, I know what these words all mean, but together I'm I'm just dumbfounded by this question that it was taken that what I do is taken that way. But, you know, that that's a mentality that that is out there. But, you know, before we're before we're men, women, before we're different races, religions, we're human beings and every human being has emotions. And I find when we have healed and released enough of our past, healed our traumas, whatever it may be, that we're willing to feel whatever emotion, when it shows up in the moment, we're willing to feel that, express it, that there's no more baggage. There's no road rage. There's no because every emotion will come out of us. But if we try to deny and stuff, it'll come out distorted and sideways. And our, our attempts to love will come off as hate. Our attempts to hate will come off as something even worse. Um, but, but our emotions are here to serve us. They really are a navigation system, I find. And one of the things I think that, that struck me about you the first time we chatted is that the way you communicate seems to be tailored uh, toward a sort of system where it's not like you're stifling the emotions, but you, you prevent them from snowballing. It's like, if you can communicate something that'll nip a, a, a troubling emotional state in the bud, you just do it. Like you had talked about, <coughs> excuse me, how you identified as an empath. And I remember asking you, well, like, what do you say to somebody like me who thinks that empaths don't exist? You just said, I just tell them I don't care. Right. You could have got pissy about that. 
he could have stuffed it down inside that well i gotta be polite i'm on this guy's show but you know it was just like a case of like no i i'm not taking on that that negative bullshit it's really given me a lot to think about since that that one question and your answer has like stuck in my head so long it's like it is totally okay to just tell somebody you know what i straight up don't give a fuck about your opinion like like I used to, it used, I used to be really important to me that I was right. Like when I was suicidal depressed, like I thought anyone that was happy that they were lying to themselves. I know the truth. I know how bad it is. I know no one should, should know the state of the world and want to be in this. So I love discovering I have wrong opinions. Now that wasn't always the case, but so that's why, yeah, like I care that you have an opinion. I'm glad to hear it, but yeah, it doesn't, I, I'm not going to let it affect me. Right. Um, I believe in what I experience. So until I've had an experience, it's, it's all just theory. But as far as being an empath, like, you know, I, it's, I find it's often semantics. Like, do you believe in emotional intelligence? Maybe yeah. that's empathy, right? Maybe we're talking about the same thing. We just call it something different. So, Jason, I feel like we're getting into like kind of the realm of what you like to unpack here. I see you chewing on your on your beard there. What's going on? I'm 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 analyzing the two of you, the, the ultra black and white difference between the two of you in the sense and in certain beliefs, but it's amazing. I mean, captivating to see that there's no judgment. There's no bull crap. And I can tell you in probably 98% of the other conversations I've ever have with two other people, there would be judgment, ridicule, and bullshit. And it's just, you're okay to be there. You're okay to be there. And and me on my screen, I'm stuck in the middle. <laughs> because I don't have a concrete way to go. I've always had a hard time with emotions, not because I was taught they were wrong, because I had to hide them to survive. I was a street kid for many years. I'm not going to go into that. That's a different show. But the way my brain works, something's broken, and I'm trying to get in touch with overly outward emotions which is why i find you such a godsend i'm going to start listening to your podcast a lot more religiously <laughs> now that i know about it i'm going to be tuning into the groups because you're offering a wealth that people cannot find until there's personal acceptance you know you you speak of being in the middle and now the middle is a great place mm-hmm. you know I, i've i've lived on in the emotional extremes and I, I hate it. It's horrible being out there. But event like I don't always know. Theoretically, <laughs> now looking back, I know I'll settle back down in the middle where we're supposed to be, where the, where I can control, I can handle the swings. But um, you know, when when I go into the darkness, it's always like it makes me. The first thoughts are all the healing I've done, all the growth I've done is bullshit. It didn't work. Here I am again. Yet it's different. There, there's a depth. One thing I was able to name this time, and, and it was so hard to come out and, and speak, was I felt so much shame. And just shame is not something men are allowed to say out loud or acknowledge even, I find. But I was ashamed that I had stopped taking care of myself, that I had succumbed, that I had, I had given in to the darkest impulses, the darkest thoughts. And I said, screw it, I'm taking these for a ride. Like, I know this doesn't serve me. I know these are bad decisions but I'm still going to do them anyway. Like it was, just, it was, I was on such a ride of habit, but I, w- I was aware of it. So 
I think it's the last time it'll play out this exact same way. Because I was never so consciously aware that I'm making bad choices, yet did it anyway. The so, conscious conscience is a hard place to be. <laughs> yeah, right. So I was doing like, I, I, yeah, I'm like, I'm too aware of this. I don't think that I could repeat this again. But it was much more, I was doing what used to be unconscious, consciously choosing things that didn't serve me until I just had that, that point of, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this. I've, I've, I'm, I'm willing to stop this now. Because people tried to help me, but I did not want to be helped. And I was aware of my not wanting to be helped. And it's just such a bizarre thing. I, I wish I could have uh, signed up to be part of some scientific study and being monitored because I'm like, I'm aware that I'm really thinking and doing things that don't help me. Hmm. But I'm not, I have not yet had enough of not helping myself. It's very, it's very strange. Realization is after battle, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, like when you were sharing a little bit online about sort of like this dark stretch that you've recently been coming out of, the first thing that struck me is like, well, we got to have him on the show. The reason is that like the, the focus of what we do here is to look at what happens when relationships go wrong and like, how do people move through that and move on from it, whether in positive, negative or neutral ways. And what struck me about your story is it really sounded like you had engaged in a toxic relationship with self. Mm. And all of these things you're describing, I mean, you're looking at yourself almost from the outside saying, well, why am I like, I know better, but like, this is what I know and screw it. I'm just going to keep on like hurting myself. People are trying to help, but screw them. I don't want their opinion. I mean, you could be relating to me as a toxic friend and be dealing with all the same stuff. Wow. I love that term. I've never heard that. And you, you nailed it. That that's exactly what I was in. And you know, I, I was thinking about what we would talk about today and in my toxic relationship with myself, I can punish and judge and just withdraw from every good thing. Uh, here it comes. But when people who love me reached out and said they were worried about me, that is what really woke me up. I could ignore the email like I, I did. I ignored Facebook comments and emails and messages and, you know, people wanting to be new clients. I, I ignored everything. Um, one of the last things that made me say, like, enough is enough, is that a, a friend who happens to be the ex-wife of one of my high school friends wrote me a letter. I'm like, an actual piece of mail? Good. What, what do a special day this is? And it said that that. I grew up in a town in Massachusetts called Lemonster. And this letter just said, when the Lemonster guys are worried about you, I know it's time to reach out. Are you enjoying In the Blood? Support the show by clicking the subscribe button and follow us on social media. And I started freaking bawling. And in this whole months of darkness, I was emotionless. It was, that's why it was one of the things that was different. I, there was no emotion fueling. I just like I sat in the basement of myself feeling nothing. I was just numb. But this letter had me bawling for the first time in a long time. And that's when I said, all right, enough. And I think the next day was when I finally did a Facebook post and just said, yeah, I've, hi, you know, did you miss me? I'm back <laughs> or I'm trying to be back, you know, <laughs> but it was easy to ignore people. Um, the, some people persisted. But, it, you know, 
I, yeah, I just ignored everyone, but I, like the, a piece of old mail holding it, like I, it, it's, it's right here. <laughs> like I've, I've read it countless times. I, I need to find some holy place to, to put this thing. But if you feel that dysfunctional relationship or, you know, first of all, don't take being ignored personally. Me ignoring everybody had nothing to do with them. It was all about me and, and not wanting to be helped, not wanting to be greeted, not wanting to feel better. And some people like try once and disappear. Other people persisted um, until there was a point, you know, I'm hearing from three and five people a day for a week. So I could not keep the lie of like, no one cares. No one notices. I have no friends. So I counted on other people to challenge the beliefs I was telling myself, but I wasn't willing to go look for those people. They, they had to like push through my walls and, and get that message to me. But you know, one, again, that once I could really, feel and accept that people were worried about me uh, that that somehow just changed everything for me and, and like I, I i could not lie that i was uh, affecting others can i take you back in your conversation just for a moment and ask a question mm -hmm. you mentioned something about uh, your disappearance from society on your own if you could give one piece of advice right now to anybody out there about what put you there or, or, or what made you realize you were there in the beginning, what would your words be? So what I'm aware of, what, what put me there, I had uh, gone to like two weeks of training. Uh, I'm, I've done lots of different spiritual programs and energy work and such. And I'm a, uh, I'm a healer and a ritual master in something called the Modern Mystery School. It's this 3,000-year-old lineage of, of ancient rituals, and um, I went to my deepest training yet and got blasted with almost like so much light and goodness that everything that was not that rose up, and all these sort of issues and past things that I thought had been healed and released, it just proved me like, oh, it wasn't released. There's still more here. Mm -hmm. And instead of dealing with that, instead of going, all right, let's do the good things. Let's do the work. I was like, you know what? I'm going to shut it down. I, I, my plan was to, I'm going to back myself into a corner, like a caged animal. And we're going to see if I come out like, yeah, life, or I come out like screw everything. And that was the thing. Like, that was my plan. I knew it was a bad plan. These are like, I'm having these thoughts. They're not good. And then I'm going to choose it anyway. Like an, an attempt to prove to myself one more time. If, if I've got what it takes, if I'm good enough, like what all the, all the freaking inner child nonsense that, that had been echoing through my adult life. Um, so that's what it did. And it, the result was neither of those things happened. What happened was I was completely apathetic. I, I, I was like not in my body. I was not feeling emotions. I just, I, uh, I took Netflix and chill to uh, a toxic level. Mm -hmm. um, I was glad to fill my brain with any sort of media. So I wouldn't listen to my own thoughts. So that's I mean. I just checked out. I, I barely worked enough to keep the uh, money coming in. Um, I, I sought to expand nothing. I stopped all the self-care, massages, healings, talking to people. Uh, I led men's groups online and I abandoned them. Um, it was gross. I, I don't recommend that. So community matters. Contact matters. Relationships matter. And anytime any of us withdraw, we're setting ourselves up for more and more pain. It's not the other way around. So I encourage everyone to reach out. And if you feel, if, if someone pops in your mind, don't be afraid to reach out to them too. 
But again, don't play being ignored personally. That's, yeah, that's really powerful stuff. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think we've all been there at some point to, to, to some degree, you know, and I, I think this moniker that you've owned about being or earned about being the king of authenticity. I mean, like that's, it, it's well-deserved. I think maybe we all could maybe take a piece of your crown and put it on. It, it would probably make the world a much brighter place if we'd all just be a little bit more transparent, a little bit more receptive and a little bit more outgoing, depending on what the, uh, the situation is calling for. Yeah. A little bit more real. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that, that's what re- the, the real of real man feel is not, I'm a lumberjack. I'm a tough guy. It's, it's authenticity. Like the, there's, there is no definition of a, of a, what's a real man. Like, no, it's, are you a man? Do you identify as a man? Do you feel like a man sometimes? Great. Then you're a man. Like, what, what does a real man do? Well, whatever we're doing, because the three of us are men. So anything we do is what a real man does. And anything I think or feel is what a real man does. And, you know, that's what's okay. You, you mentioned, you know, feeling like you're in that box. And there, there's a societal man box right. that, uh, you know, it's, it's time to burn that, burn that thing down, man. Now how do we stop paying for that monthly package? <laughs> Okay, well, I'd, I'd like to press you more, but I mean, I don't really know where to go from here. I feel like you've sort of like punched us here with something really powerful. And I'd kind of like to end things on that powerful note, just let people digest what they've heard. Um, if, if people want to learn more about you and your work, what's the best place for them to go about that? Great. The, uh, the single best site for everything I'm up to is theandygrant.com. And you'll find out about, uh, you know, books, uh, working with me, just what I'm up to, blog posts. And there's also links there for, for uh, the Real Men Feel podcast. Um, yeah, and that's the best thing. Okay. And of course, uh, we'll make sure that the links appear by magic on your screen. We love magic. <laughs> Andy Grant, thank you so much for, for chatting with us today. Thank you for not just what you do, but thank you for who you are. Thank you for giving us permission. Just thank you. Uh, it is, it is my pleasure. I really appreciate, uh, AC and Jason, you, you, my being a guest has been such a gift to me today. So thank you. Well, thank you. This is one of the few times where actually I'd like to say, hey, maybe we can set up a part two out of the box kind of scenario. <laughs> Beautiful. That'd be phenomenal. Thank you so much for everything you do, everything you give. Continue to do your work, brother. We're right behind you. Thank you. Okay. And for everybody who's listening, uh, be sure to check out our other podcasts. You can find information about those on uh, kingfishermedia.ca. The link is at the bottom of your screen. Again, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And thank you very, very much, Andy Grant. And we look forward to chatting with you soon. Be well, everybody. Be well.